In honor of World Emoji Day, Apple has announced it's adding cupcake, kangaroo, and lettuce symbols. A cupcake, a kangaroo, and lettuce, or as Outback Steakhouse calls it, a salad. Oh, come on. What? Um, so... No rules, just right. All the media transitioning away from a... The waiter wants to stab you with a knife. That's all right. <laughs> no rules. Sometimes we cook, sometimes we give it to you raw. <laughs> a lot of the media transitioning away from whatever happened there in Helsinki with Trump. That was a giant news story. That was one of the biggest dust-ups in, <laughs> in, in, in recent memory, and there have been a bunch of them. Oh, yeah. To give you an idea how far they're going to move on, on uh, Good Morning America, they're doing with beach umbrella dangers. Oh, yeah. And how beach umbrellas can blow away, and a woman got impaled by a flying umbrella. Happens all beach. the time. I heard Some about it. Beach umbrella dangers. That's right. Beware. Wow. Be careful at the beach. Look for flying umbre- umbrellas, lest you be impaled. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. So just a few more uh, reactions, insights about the Helsinki thing and Trump and Russia and the rest of it. And they, they run the gamut. Was is there a um, like a uh, is one side way getting way more representation than another in all our emails? Huh. You know, I'd have to. Well, I guess the, the, the answer is no. Clearly, because I can't come up with an answer. Uh, it is all over the place. It absolutely ranges from Trump haters, um, uh, and and people who are accusing us of, of various sins yeah. to to hardcore Trump supporters. Who, who are trying to claim that everything was perfect, and he, he did it exactly right. And how can anybody possibly complain? Wow. Um, the, the, but those are, those are a few at the edges. If you already hated Trump and every utterance he makes, then, you know, the fact that you hated this, too, I don't know, is really not that interesting to me. And then the whole, that was perfectly okay. It's part of a strategy. I back him no matter what he does. I, that, that's a, it's an interesting place to be also. Yeah. Actually, here's a good way to get into this. I'll really be interested to see what his poll numbers do. If they move at all. David in beautiful Santa Clara, California, writes, Seriously, oh, it's a simple question for Joe, <clears throat> is the uh, subject on the email. I will uh, read it and then give a simple answer, David. Seriously, Joe, imagine if this were Obama abasing himself to Putin and dissing our own national security community. In that case, would you ever be this understanding of Obama and say, I get it? This is where your tribalism is coming through. Well, that's a simple question and an accusation, David, and I'd appreciate a more accurate subject in your future emails. Um, <laughs> uh, listen, all right, here's here's my explanation to you. I don't have tribalism in this thing. I understood Obama's foreign policy, and I disliked it, and I criticized it. I criticized it because I disliked it. Trump's, in this case, baffles me. So I'm trying to figure it out. My reaction to it has to be different because I don't know what it is. We are trying to figure out why he said what he said, what's motivating him, what's his his, his view based on the sort of guy he is. I got Obama. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any... Um, uh... I don't have tribalism. I, in fact, I have the opposite of it. I just want to understand what is happening and why. I don't think there's any discussion, really, that the words Trump said were way too soft on Russia. I think everybody agrees on that. It's why did he do it? What's his policy? Right. Which is still an open question. So he was supposed to chew out Putin, 
right in front of everybody. No, 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 no. There's loads of middle ground. That's a false argument. It's a false argument. Here's a nice note. I actively uh, caucused for Cruz. Lion Ted? Oh, boy. L-Y-I-N apostrophe. So I'm hardly a Trumpist. That being said, consider how his associates have been targeted, subpoenaed, arrested, and have lost their homes due to the abuse of these deep state agencies and this multi-million dollar investigation stacked with Hillary supporters and funders. Our DOJ and FBI appear to be impossibly corrupted, to my view, and those with whom I live and work. I honestly wonder if you guys being in California might have some impact on perception that is different from those of us in the heartland. I don't know where he is. It doesn't matter. Um, just a thought. I think Trump has felt pushed into a neocon narrative of the constant need for generating warfare everywhere, like Lindsey Graham, Corker, McCain, etc., and actually has a different worldview that may be a little more similar to Ron Paul. I'm not the least bit concerned about this press briefing yesterday. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We, you know, we monitor national media, media from all over the place and in our own lives and all, but it's, it's an interesting point. Um, <clears throat> The media unhinged hysterical profiteers of hate, i.e., this is treason. Really? Does the lefties want to put Trump under a firing squad? I think you put him in front of a firing squad, but Little Red Riding Hood <laughs> is ap- apropos because it's the Russian story that the left deep state hacks shovel every hour on the hour, pseudo outrage. Um, it is absolutely the age of hyperbole. You, you must overstate everything. <clears throat> a couple more things. Here's uh, uh, Matthew who went to some trouble to compile uh, actions of the Obama administration, re-Russia, and the Trump administration, and he uh, reinforces the the point that Trump's rhetoric does not square with the administration's actions at all. The administration's actions have been quite strong. Now, we had uh, Mike Lyons, was it, yesterday? He, he said he thinks that uh, Trump stands apart from most of his advisors on how he wants to treat Russia, and they've won the day mostly. <clears throat> but, yeah, there's no denying there, his rhetoric is not nearly as tough as the action. And then, finally, I've been leading up to this. Uh, am I supposed to use the name on this? If you ever want to be anonymous, make it clear like the first line. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, Brandon, who is a defense attorney, I think. Um, but he's... He's written rather a lengthy email with a bunch of links to to articles and speeches by various people supporting it, and it is really strong. Gents, channeling my best defense attorney brain, I write to offer a few points to consider regarding Trump's refusal to adopt the party line offered by the U.S. intelligentsia regarding Russian interference in the election. Some are calling it treasonous. Not true. Well, that was ridiculous, as we've said. But yes, the president's Helsinki press conference was a disaster. At the same time, Donald Trump's statements about the 2016 election were probably what you would expect from a man facing a criminal probe. Deny, deny, deny. This paradox is a direct result of the ongoing criminal probe. It distracts from the president's ability to faithfully execute. This has led many commentators to label it treason. See here. Um, And it's actually a post editorial saying treason doesn't hold water at all. Um, But he says it's either soft headed or political chicanery to call it treason. The issues are more complex, uh, from the ongoing Mueller probe to Trump's unconventional style of democracy or diplomacy to the slanted news coverage. I don't believe Trump had a prayer of succeeding in Helsinki. Who could deny that this situation is untenable? Justice Kavanaugh has written about it, and maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later. But his point is the Mueller probe created an untenable sch- schism for Trump. 
It's hard to imagine the difficulty of choosing between your country and your own self-defense, but that's precisely what the president must do when answering questions about the 2016 election. His point being, and it's I, I wish I could read the whole thing, but it's, it's rather long. Anything Trump does conciliatory toward Russia looks like it's in reaction to the probe. And anything that he does tough to Russia looks like it's in reaction to the probe. And everything is seen through that lens, even as he's being forced to defend himself constantly from the attacks by the media. So he's in a no-win situation dealing with Putin, who's a very important person to deal with. I thought that, that was a good point. On the other hand, it's damned easy to stand there and say, I agree with my intelligence agencies. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've got a list of America's most violent and peaceful states, which is kind of interesting. Sasha Barrett Cohen's show, which got so much pre-publicity, the ratings are out. Uh, not good. Hit you with that. He was so funny in Borat. America probably, I, I don't think America liked that stunt with Sarah Palin and the uh, pretend disabled vet. I don't <laughs> think that was a good promo. Yeah, for he's the show. claiming, I never said I was a disabled vet. I, uh, you know, you assume that. Yeah, okay, great, Sasha. Or maybe, maybe things are just impossible to, like, parody or hard to do comedy around this now with everything being so strange. You got to talk about the actual news of the day and make your jokes because everything is so out there. Well, right. That could be. Um, there's another list I wanted to hit you with. How much more the typical baby boomer makes than the typical millennial in every state? There's quite a gap. Because millennials are lazy. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> knows it. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There is quite a bit of pre-publicity for Sasha Barrett Cohen's new Who is America show that came out on Showtime Sunday night. Very controversial. But you knew it was going on, which is the goal of publicity, right? Right. You were aware of it's uh, happening. And uh, 327,000 people nationwide tuned in, which is nobody even by today's standards. Um, That's not a good debut. And, you know, usually you drop from the debut. It's nice. (laughs) Oh, whatever. (laughs) Too many choices now. People are over that kind of humor. I don't know. Whatever the reason is. I'm not interested in dissecting something people didn't watch. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Why didn't you like it? Why don't you care? Uh, I don't care. Uh, We learned that early in our talk radio careers. God, when we had a boss that would uh, push various subjects on us. Uh, you got to talk about this. We do. We got to talk about it for an entire hour, and you have to take a lot of calls. But anyway, we take calls sometimes on question on a topic of how come you don't care about this, and nobody calls because it's kind of well, baked into the whole not caring. Yes, <laughs> yes, it became clear to us after a while. <laughs> Listen to this: a small Japanese city is facing a ninja shortage, even though the salary is eighty-five k. Updating my resume as we speak. <laughs> Please, you get to wear a robe, and you get to carry all sorts of wacky weaponry. Yeah, when do I get the stars? That's what I want to know. Right, well, there's training involved, but we'll tell you more about that. My Uh, kids are so into Ninjago, which is a ninja mixed with Legos. 
It just still really sounds like, like a racial slur to me. <laughs> really does. Bunch of ninjagos. Oh, speaking of which, do you see those M&Ms? Ninja. Also certified ninja. <laughs> did you see those M&Ms out there on the counter? In I the did. Newsroom? I didn't. I have not eaten one, which they're, I'm very proud of. They're all white. I'm no social justice warrior, but that was making me uncomfortable. They're very good. I've eaten are they them. some sort of white supremacist M and M's? Just or regular what? chocolate M and M's. I don't know why. But they why have white. are they all white? I don't know. They tasted good. So yeah, M and M's are one of those. If I don't have one, I'm fine. If I have one, I'm doomed. Right. Our uh, a friend of uh, the family, she's got a big jar of M and M's in the house Oof. to uh, help potty train their kid. It's a reward when you do what you're supposed to do, or uh. whatever. And she said she has to keep hiding them from her husband. He discovers where they are, and they eat them all. <laughs> How's his potty training? Yeah, does he at least go to the, the go potty first? <laughs> so, listen, you got your uh, your mayor of San Francisco, the brand new uh, gal in the office, uh, giving her first big interview, and, and she talked about, wow, there's way more poop in the streets than there used to be. I should ask for that tape. Do you have that handy, Sean? Or, um, yeah, that's it. You're a native of San Francisco. Is this the worst you've seen it? I will say um, that there is more there's more feces mm. on the sidewalks than mm. I've ever seen, mm. you know, growing up here. That was something that did not yeah. wasn't the norm. Than you've uh, ever seen. Than I've ever seen for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's and that is a huge problem. And we're not just hmm. talking about from from dogs, we're talking about from yeah, humans. We, we know. <laughs> yeah. We need to see some it's sort of enough. turd graph of the rise in feces. Anyway, so that's a huge problem. Likewise, for lots of West Coast cities, all of them, and San it's Diego, all tied LA, in Sacramento, Seattle, Portland, everywhere. The word wasn't used there, but it's tied into the increase in uh, homeless people hanging around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's and this is the issue for the progressive West. I'd say it's the issue because of the progressive West, honestly, but. Where we go from here is the is the great mystery. Peace in the uh, uh, the Press Democrat, which is a uh, it comes out of the Sonoma County in California. It's a outer Bay Area. It doesn't matter, um, but it's a good paper. It's actually one of your better like second tier size city uh, local papers. They do actual news coverage um, and 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 good at it. But anyway, it's an aside. Homeless advocates allege human rights abuses in Sonoma County. Homeless individuals in Sonoma County are systematically having their rights violated by police singling them out for infractions and by authorities and outreach workers neglecting those with disabilities, according to an advocacy group in a new report. Kathleen Finnegan, advocate with Homeless Action, detailed the group's findings in a presentation. 14-page report said the current treatment by county and Santa Rosa officials, police, and outreach workers, even outreach workers, interacting with homeless people in Sonoma County violates the Fourth and Eighth Amendments of the U.S. Constitution, the Americans with Disabilities Act, seven articles of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, a document uh, adopted by the United Nations that outlaws individual human rights, etc., etc. So, in other words, what we're currently doing is way too heavy-handed god where that crowd where do they think this is gonna go if you don't do anything i guess of course their their argument is you got to build these gazillion dollar places for the homeless to live in giant socialized housing developments which is fiscally impossible well never well yeah that i almost said never mind that slap me please i deserve it (laughs) the words of paul schaefer in in spinal tap kick my ass kick my ass (laughs) um Here's the problem, and 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 from Daniel Patrick Moynihan to 
you know, Chris Hitchens and everybody who took a serious look at Lyndon Johnson's Great Society program um, and, and its actual effects, not its intentions, but its effect. It was a disaster. The super progressive, you don't need to take care of yourself, we'll take care of you, to anybody who could take care of themselves but just doesn't want to or, or doesn't, is a disaster. I grew up in Chicago, uh, the Chicago area, right outside the city. <clears throat> there were massive b- development projects of the sort that these people are talking about. Giant uh, developments, apartment complexes where poor people could live. You know, people who would have been homeless, the downtrodden, etc. And they became horrifying nightmares of crime and drugs and violence and prostitution and child abuse and the rest of it. It doesn't work. I know it sounds good. It doesn't work. We got this text. I'm familiar with the Sonoma County group you just uh, spoke from. I am the chair of a large nonprofit helping the homeless youth. The group you're speaking about has not been embraced by any working on the same cause. They're loud and disruptive, and they are not helping. So what are they? They're extremists. They're extremists. Yeah. They, um, well, they're winning so far. Well, just like... And and, and the courts are helping along with that ruling in Sacramento, California, the other day that, no, you can't say the homeless have to stay away from ATMs in front of businesses. You can't do that. You're violating the First Amendment. Yeah. That we need to pick. We need to pick a side. This is the the argument I got into in a city council meeting. The mayor had said, "I'm I'm concerned we're making it an an unfriendly environment for the homeless." My reaction to that is, "I'm concerned it's an unfriendly environment for me, a homeowning, tax paying citizen who and, should and be hundreds of thousands like you. You don't have to pick one exclusively over the other, but who should it be primarily for?" And I say, and I think most people in your West Coast cities now agree, I think most people, not the people on the city councils or the people live downtown in lofts and have beards, but most people that include the city and the suburbs, I think most people think, no, we're the priority. Right. I'm not for, you know, uh, making them starve or beat them or anything like that, but we need to be the priority and work from there as opposed to they're the priority. I alter my life. I don't go to that ATM. I don't go in that business. My I business have, fails. I don't get to go to that park. It's their park. I think the priority's upside down. Right. Right. Now, Judge Vince Shabria in the U.S. District Court in San Francisco denied a motion these people filed. He said the government had made adequate shelter options available to encampment residents, but homeless action contends that proper shelter options, et cetera, et cetera, and it's a denial of their human rights. Um, I'm telling you. If something can't go on forever, it will end. Yeah. How it ends, nobody knows. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, Congress now looking to subpoena that U.S. translator at the Trump-Putin meeting. Got a new poll of Democrats. Bad news for the party establishment. A warning about doctors overprescribing antibiotics. And Trump getting ready to hold a cabinet meeting. We're waiting for possible comments coming out of that. He's going to walk back to walk back to the walk back. Is, have we played that tape for a while, his explanation? Is that coming up? That's coming Got up. Yeah. On the Armstrong and Getty Show. I can't believe as many people as there are are given Trump kind of the benefit of the doubt on this uh, 
I meant to say thing. No surprise. So many people are saying, all right, whatever. But yeah. they're not. Which, you know, I don't know. Just being... Uh, it's complicated. Well, if you don't know what we're talking about, let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump says he misspoke during Monday's press conference with Russian President Vladimir Putin. At the White House on Tuesday, Trump insisted that when he said he has no reason to believe that Russia would be involved in meddling in the presidential election, he really meant to say the opposite. I said the word would instead of wouldn't. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't or why it wouldn't be Russia's. Chance that's true. My percentage is zero. I'm not buying it. It doesn't answer all the other right. Statements that essentially believed Putin on at least an equal footing with the intelligence agencies. I, I think the explanation is clear. He's a real estate salesman. He was buttering up a, a client that he wanted to improve relationships with to an extent that presidents don't do. But he either doesn't care or he doesn't know right. or, or whatever. So it's just he's a weird president and it was weird. Republican Marco Rubio among those who was relieved. Little Marco, have you ever seen anybody so thirsty? And he sweats. He sweats more than anybody I've ever seen. Rubio relieved by the walk back. That's what I wish he would have said initially, and I'm glad he said it now. And uh, ultimately, I can tell you what I believe, what I know. I don't even believe it. I know it. The Russians most certainly, under the direction of Vladimir Putin, uh, interfered in our election primarily for purposes of putting a cloud over the head of the next president. You know, I have a question for Trump fans, because I'm honestly curious. I mean, if you're really hardcore Trump fan, not to hold, hold your nose and vote for him because right. of the Supreme Court thing, but his unwillingness to differentiate between the investigation of Russian meddling and the idea of conclu- of collusion, because he never di- differentiates those. Is that because he just doesn't get it or he can't, or is it because the media... And his enemies tried to combine the two. They conflated the two and continue to, hinting that the Russia investigation is all about collusion. And you just think Trump understands populist PR well enough to say, I'm not going to try to point out the subtleties. I'm just going to call it all a lie. You're calling it all about me? I'm going to call it all a lie. Is it a savvy populist PR move? Could be. That absolutely could be. Because I'm not sure. I don't know. Meanwhile, today, Democrats in Congress are pushing hard to subpoena to subpoena the translator that was in the room with Putin and Trump. So Man, I was asking, that's a tough job. Can I, you imagine that job? Well, I was asking yesterday, do they sign some sort of non-disclosure agreement? Because if they yep. don't, then what's the point of only having two people in the room? If they could walk out immediately and right. sit down and do an interview, here's what happened. You know, with Katie Couric or whoever. Right. So obviously, they, they signed some sort of an agreement. I would think, yeah. I don't know, but I would think. How legally binding I'm sure we have it? folks who, who know in the audience. If you'd email us or text us, that'd be great. If the Democrats controlled Congress, right. could they demand that they come sit there and uh, and talk to them? Tell them what happened in the meeting? I wonder. I don't know. U.S. grand jury indicting a Russian national accused of being a spy for Moscow. The hot redhead. Maria, Just like she's straight out of a movie, man. Maria Butino is under arrest and will be in federal court in D.C. today on charges of acting as an agent of the Russian government. She is apparently a founder of the pro-Russia advocacy group Right to Bear Arms. She apparently once even tried to broker a meeting between Putin and then-candidate Donald Trump and has been accused of trying to affect American political discourse through the National Rifle Association, the National Prayer Breakfast, 
and various other groups to advance Russia's agenda. Now, we've got a reporter on that coming up. Um, it'd be really disappointing if, you know, you kind of fall for this uh, attractive redhead and she's seeming real nice to him, and then you find out she's a Russian spy and she's, she's just using yeah. you to try to... Yeah, it'd I mean, be, that'd be very disappointing. Yeah. yeah, of course it would be, but uh, it'd be a pretty good story, though. I mean, we've all gotten dumped for yeah. less, like, cool reasons to retell than, turns out, she was a Russian agent. <laughs> oh, Are you kidding? Oh, wow. The best dumped story ever. A new Rasmussen report survey of Democratic voters found they are not looking for a return of Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden in the 2020 presidential race. What? But instead, they want a fresh face to challenge Trump's expected re-election bid. I think that helps you a lot if you go yo- going younger, because then you get that whole, we want somebody younger crowd, right. which is a chunk of people. Right. Um, always is. Just gives it a whole, like, we're turning the page. Right. Entirely new look thing. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you go with Elizabeth Warren, who'll be in her 70s by the time the election comes, eh. Yeah, nearly three quarters. Another old person. Nearly three quarters of the Democrats asked. 73% want their party to have someone new for 2020. Who is that someone, though? Easier said than done. That's a very good question. All right, we got a newly released. Just ask me, the world's biggest Scott Walker fan. (laughs) Alex Baldwin. Whoops. A newly released CDC report is showing that urgent care clinics are over-prescribing antibiotics. In fact, nearly half of all the patients going to urgent care for treatment of conditions that don't require antibiotics are given a prescription for one anyway. Now, that's a tough one because we feel like with our family, they're they're being way too uh, stingy with the antibiotics. And we end up having to be so sick for so long before we finally get them. Um, I understand the dangers of it. You can't just give it to everybody that's got something that's going to run its course. But if you have something that's viral, you're literally doing nothing right right that's why you gotta wait a certain amount of time and figure out what it is if you don't know what it is yep doctors say the unnecessary my point is that's true they don't do blood tests on everything they go by their symptoms my point is just in in my family's experience they're they're less likely to give it to you than they are over prescribe it yeah all right well these are the urgent care clinics you know the 24 7 med centers i can see why you would there i'm never going to see you again i don't want to hear you get out of here all right That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Uh, uh, Did we play the Trump tape? I'm so sorry. Of the, uh, the, uh, I've heard it so many times, I can't remember if it was on our show. We just did moments ago. Ian Bremmer just tweeted out a, uh, a picture of Darth Vader on the telephone saying, Luke, I misspoke yesterday. I meant to say, I am not your father. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the details. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, jeez, I don't know. I don't know. Either. I got lots of lists. Oh, I got the Japanese city that needs ninjas. Maybe I should you put listicles. People love listicles. Maybe I should Number put it together. Shock you. Here's my lists. My six favorite lists. We'll go through them. Number six will make you fill your pants. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, we're 
we're endeavoring to do more long-form podcasts. We've done one so far, like a month ago, and... uh you know, we're, we're easing into that second episode. You know, Very underachieving, if you ask me. But uh, so, in fact, we're going to talk to, we think, Mike Lyons next. A lot of people love Mike Lyons. Talk to him for a full hour. Oh, man, I would or, love or that. Or however long. Yeah. That's the great thing about podcasts. It's just until you run out of things to talk about. And we're going to talk to Lara Logan at one at some point. we got a list of folks. we just got to get her done. So I like some of your long-form There's podcasts. There's nothing to it but to do it. Huh? Action speaks louder than words. Here's uh, here's one I'm going to check out. Never to put off till tomorrow, etc. Hmm. Huh? Here's one I'm going to check out. It's available on Amazon's Audible, whatever that is. Uh, hi, Bob. Bob Newhart. Who, oh, if Audible you're, is the world's largest distributor of uh, audio books and uh, tapes and stuff. Bob Newhart, if you're younger, he's one of the funniest people that ever lived. He's still alive. He's 88 years old. I didn't realize that. God, but anyway, genius. One of the great Charming comedy, man too. Uh, yeah, one yeah. of the funniest people ever. Um, interviews a whole bunch of other people about comedy. So it he never showed his penis to somebody who didn't ask Louis C.K. Huh? Why the shot? I don't know. That <laughs> yeah, <it> was weird. <laughs> um, so Bob Newhart is going to talk comedy. So it's kind of like the Jerry Seinfeld thing, where you got one comedian talking to other comedians about that. comedy. Yeah. But he talks to Will Ferrell, Jimmy Kimmel, Sarah Silverman, Conan O'Brien, Judd Apatow. Apatow and others about comedy, and they and and apparently, according to this, it all ends up being more about them asking Bob Newhart about comedy than mm-hmm. him asking them. But sounds it's supposed to be really good. It sounds like something I would love a lot. Oh my gosh, yeah, I can't wait. And that's it, on Amazon Audible. Yeah. Okay. So it's a podcast. You mentioned Louis C.K., mm-hmm. who I always really liked. I don't think it's cool that he would make women watch him yank it. Love the art, not the artist. But for some reason, I thought of this. Yesterday, he did that one episode of his show that I thought was so groundbreaking and so cool. Remember the episode he did where um, the 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 fat chick oh. said, well, that was the point of the the, sh- the the very term is hurtful. Yeah. It was the term she used yeah. in the show. But she, she made a thing about how you don't flirt with me. Guys like you don't flirt with me because deep down you're afraid... I'm who you should be dating. She said, good-looking guys will flirt with me. I know I'm heavy, but you won't flirt with me. You won't hold my hand. You don't want to be seen in public holding hands with me because I'm overweight. And I just thought, wow, that is really, you know. That's some amazing truth-telling. Yeah, but how could a guy that has that sort of insight and is willing to get into that, you know, what it's like for women who are, you know, not super skinny, how could he have that level of sensitivity and then say, could you sit down for a second? I'm going to yank it in front of you. So How can you have both of those things going on in your head? You know, isn't that... What a fascinating question. I think the answer is finally crystallized in my head. And and I realize that's a particularly um, kind of jarring juxtaposition. Because it's so... They're so close. Sensitivity to a woman and the way she sees the world and her needs and, and the pain she might feel, et cetera, et cetera. And then yanking it in front of different gals, you know, without them asking. And and <laughs> women almost never ask for that. <laughs> Anyway, it's rare. rare. Here it is. The answer is the answer is at once complex and simple. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what your skills and gifts are. You might be a sex weirdo. There is no category of human being that excludes entirely sex weirdo. It's its own thing. Right. Right. Completely That's, separate from everything else. That Louis C.K. thing hurts me. 
It makes me sad. It's so truthful and insightful and honest. Honest, and I, that's and I, what it was. I thank it was... you for making that. Say thousands of women who then have to see his wang because he brings it. It's, it's, oh, my God. <laughs> Human beings, they're my least favorite Com- species. Complex. I've said that many times. Complex. God, give me a dog anytime. Give me a dog. Baxter's hilarious, my dog. Oh, my God. We've totally bonded. He is hilarious, though. He's he's a working breed. He's actually two working breeds, and he's become convinced that his job is to patrol the yard for lizards. So he does it all day long. He trots around. I mean, as long as he's out there, I can convince him to chase tennis balls sometimes, which used to be his job, but he got a better job. Um, but he will literally tr- trot around the yard as long, and I have a pretty big yard, as long as somebody's out there and look for lizards. Without ceasing. It's kind of odd. Shouldn't keep you from having a lizard problem. Well, I like lizards. I as think a, they're funny. As opposed to the pug, which I have, which uh, has no need for whatsoever. It is not a working dog. It is a sleeping dog. Does the pug have a name? Have well, you we, bothered to name it? Uh, Pup Pup is his official name, but we call him Pugcito mostly. Oh, that's great. I yes. love that. Would you like Des that? Pugcito. <laughs> Speak English! <laughs> uh, would you like... Baxter to come over and, and maybe sit down with Pugsito and talk to him. I got two other dogs that are uh, completely different and normal mm. and useful mm. and uh, give me some joy. And then there's him. <laughs> you got a lizard problem? It's like the song from uh, YouTube that we play now. The standard pug, a worthless bag of skin and bones. <laughs> <laughs> they serve no purpose oh, whatsoever. Boy. You know what's a good pet is the rats. That my wife got. So far, so good, huh? The fancy rats? Yeah, the kids aren't that into them, so they don't do much. But the cage is in the living room, and they're nocturnal, which I didn't realize. Mm -hmm. The fancy rats. Completely different than sewer rats. I didn't know this. They're cute, actually. Yeah. Um, but we had some when uh, Kate was a little girl. But because many years ago. But because they're nocturnal, they're up when I'm getting ready in the morning. In the morning, I'm I'm sitting on the edge of the couch, putting on my shoes and stuff like that, taking in a little news, and and they're out, and we say hello to each other, and they're very happy to see me, and I'm happy to see them. And, yeah. And we got a good relationship, me and the rats. That's nice. Uh-huh. That's nice. As opposed to the pug that doesn't do anything. They don't do anything. <laughs> I want to hear that song. Monitor, it's pretty funny. Monitor the rat's behavior. See what the effect of morning news has on uh, on rats. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, they go crazy. They kill themselves. We find, well, yeah, we find them hanging each other. Then, <laughs> Come in there one day. One's got a blue tie. One's got a red tie. They're just arguing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That Lewis Black clip you played us, that was off the air, right? Yeah. Correct. Do you have that handy? Yeah. He does. Yeah, that's, a, that's a funny uh, tie-in. Everybody's miserable. But everybody turns on the TV when they wake up. Don't! Hey! Because what happens is immediately you go, oh, my God, we're all going to die. <laughs> so what you do instead yeah, yeah. is you go to the stove, you turn on a burner. Yeah, yeah. You put your head down <laughs> and you light your hair on fire. And then you spend the day putting that fire out. And then people will call and say, what'd you do today? And you said, my hair was on fire and I put it out. <laughs> and at least... You accomplished something that day. That is, that is the way it feels. Yeah, that is nice. All that tastes good is not good for you. Isn't that true of watching and listening, too? The very things that taste the yummiest might be the worst for you. Think yeah, about it. We talked to a guy yesterday. Except this show. Rice Farmer. And he I forget, he was he was working on his vacation house or something like that. And he was unplugged from news 
And so he got back oh, into it yesterday. Yeah. He completely missed the whole Trump Helsinki thing. Yeah. And he came back into it having, you know, it had happened two days ago. And he's like, you know what? I didn't need to hear that. And there's there's a lot I'm of. I'm catched. Uh, I caught up. Yeah. yeah yes, exactly. Yeah. You can catch up in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Maybe yeah, five. Yeah. And you didn't need the several days of what does this mean? What does that mean? Oh, my God. You just you don't need it. I'll bet you'd be perfectly okay. You know, 9-11, a rare example of stuff where, you know, it'd probably be worth knowing the nation's under attack. Go ahead and know that day. Yeah, I think that is useful knowledge. Outside of that day, couldn't you check in once a week if there was some site or person you trusted to say, here are the biggest things that happened this week? The Family New York Times has their, I think, this their, their Friday news roundup or their weekend news roundup, what you may have missed this week. Because you, could have, you could have said last week, for instance, you could have said, uh, the president announced a Supreme Court justice. He's slightly right of sender. He'll be easily confirmed. The entire story. And right nobody there. clicks on it. Well, no, I mean for an individual, <laughs> oh, for my right, own right. life. Right. For my own life. I could get by easily that way. That's all I need to know about that. But who's incentivized to put that out? Well, nobody. Well, yeah. if you enjoy it as sport, all of this stuff, enjoy it as sport. But don't mm. let it make you crazy. I think you could probably get like a 10-minute roundup every uh, every Sunday night of the previous week and you'd be Again, fine. this show accepted. Oh, of course. You want to listen to every moment of this show. You sure, hear that punk right. stuff and the you rat stuff. You need to. On the Armstrong and Getty Show.